This is Bunny Wonderland with Let's Be Real, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Watching without your head. I mean, head as in what kind of head are we talk? This one. Yeah. Oh, this one. Okay, right, right. so it's clear. <laughs> okay. All right, and welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. I'm Trista. Yes, and we're joined here by the fellows who made Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. We have Mark Patton. It's good to see you again. Haven't seen. I haven't actually hey seen there. you in a long time. So it's good to see you. I know. Wow. Hi Neil. Hi Trista. How are you? Very good. We have the directors, Roman Chimiente. Hey, nice to see you. Yes, and Tyler Jensen. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> so you know, uh, I've talked to all of you guys before, but now, like over this time, you know, you've, you've made the documentary. It did the festivals. Uh, and now it's, you know, on Shudder. So what's like that whole, you know, each step of the way you would get like a bigger and, you know, wider and wider audience, you know, what is that like now? I, you know, get more and more feedback. Well, um, it was six months ago that we spoke to you, right? January. Mm-hmm. It was on my birthday. Um, oh, really? I didn't remember that. Yeah. Um, Happy birthday. So thank you. Since then though, you know, as the audience has gotten bigger, we've all become more isolated. So it's become like we're doing a lot of stuff like this. Um, and we have a lot of time to be at home and I don't know, reflect on that time that we were on the road and connecting with people. That was really special. But I do have to say that like I was expecting, um, I guess I wasn't quite sure what I was expecting, but the, the reviews that we've been getting have been overwhelmingly awesome. And it's, it just, it, it's hard because we're stuck at home and it's, it's a little bit trying to put it into perspective that like thousands of people are seeing this and commenting on it, but I'm still, you know, at home. So I, I don't know how to feel about it. What about you guys? Tyler? Uh, if, feels awesome to see the love the outpouring on social media on twitter instagram facebook people are finding this and it's hitting them where they're not expecting it to and you're seeing a lot of people being like whoa i was not prepared for everything you gave me and i'm thankful that you did well for me it's um it's, um, I sort of agree with Roman, you know, it's like, it was a big buildup. This is like five years and to do this thing. And it was, and it was very difficult. Um, and so we went out on the road, which I really enjoyed a lot, but you know, that's really tiring. So we just got to that break 
where we were getting ready to, you know, have all this big stuff happen and then the quarantine happened. Um, and so I feel like I'm sort of living in a virtual world. It's very strange. I, you know, people reach out to me that are, you know, from the past or people that I admire or whatnot. And, um, <clears throat> um, you know, it doesn't seem, it's, it doesn't seem real on a certain level. Um, you know, we're just getting into the parts of things where you start to get paid and all that kind of stuff. And it's all, you know, real, it's a business. And, um, so I would like to be out on the road, but I don't perceive that happen to us anytime soon. So probably what I'm, I'm hoping that we'll do when this all wraps up is that we'll just do another tour and go around and, um, and collect all our hugs and hellos, you know, after. Um, maybe the one-year anniversary or something. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe yeah. our Oscar tour. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know when, when I had you on last time, Mark, like, you said like you kind of knew where the what you wanted with the documentary, and uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're we're Roman. So well, actually, as the finished one, how you perceived it is the finished documentary. How you expected it to be when you thought of the whole idea. In the abstract, yes. Uh, in the abstract, getting it to uh, you know what I had pictured in my mind. The originally the way that I came to the documentary before, uh, you know, in the very beginning when my fantasy said this thing. Where it was called "There Is No Jesse," and it was what, and it was a documentary about white boys like me disappeared from Hollywood because I knew a lot of us, you know, that had made a couple of movies, and were like sort of fast tracking or whatever. And it wasn't for lack of talent or it wasn't for lack of looks or anything. I mean, they literally just disappeared, and so that was my first, you know, intriguing thing. And then, you know, I started doing some stuff, and I was working with some people, and it just got way, way off track. And then Roman at that time had come on through music and sound or something. And, you know, like he became uh, the anchor for the whole thing. I mean, there are so many times that this would have blown away had it not been uh, for Roman. And then Tyler came on when we went to Florida. And, you know, I think he almost immediately had a vision of what he saw this to be and luckily for us all our visions kind of matched up and uh we just began to inform each other so i you know at a certain point you know i trusted them very much and you can tell that i trusted them from the ugly photos they took of me (laughs) and, and the bad filters they used on me but uh you know, that we just had made an agreement that we were going to tell this story. And then the story just, you know, by whittling it away, which is, I think, you know, as an actor, there's two kinds of actors. There's actors who, like, go in really small and they start building up their performance and they build it up and they build it up. And then there are other actors who come in and they're really big and they start whittling away. And um, and that I think that's the kind of movie that we made. I think we whittled away all the stuff that wasn't uh, absolutely necessary. And then we had Roman's grandmother to please. I heard him tell this story on internet the other day where, you know, it had to be explainable to his grandmother, which is just brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Because we wanted people to see this who had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And now that has come true. We're dealing with a whole audience when uh, consciousness of sound, I think, you know, that was a big test for us. Um, 
and that we're like a huge hit with them. And they want to interview us, live podcast us and all that kind of stuff. And that's just, that is not horror. That's just straight on, full on music, sort of. Um, I think it's sort of like Rolling Stone used to be. I'm not really sure. But yeah, so, yeah, so it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Although I didn't, I mean, I knew in my mind what it was going to be. But knowing in your mind and actually getting there is, uh, you know, a far country. It's, uh, it's, we're very, I'm very lucky to up there. Let's put it that way. Not them. They knew what they were doing all along. <laughs> uh, I sometimes think that, uh, people, uh, people think that, um, a documentary isn't necessary storytelling. They, as a traditional like movie would be, but I always kind of mm-hmm. disagree with that. So like Tyler and Roman, uh, you know, when you're forming the actual documentary, is that your mind? Like we have a story we want to tell here, not just have people talking about Mark. Well, yeah, I mean, Tyler and I are very different in the way that we think about this stuff. So I like to talk with my hands and I'm very like animated with what, like what the passion is of the moment. And he's very analytical with the storytelling. And like, so we spend a lot of time, we learned how to effectively combat each other to get to what we needed. And I think in the end, didn't we always fight? And then at the end, we're like, we're talking about the exact same right, thing. Right. Then, we you know? would start off at different starting points and argue for the same point, not realizing that we're not being antagonistic to towards each other. We just wanted the best outcome for the film. But then we um, were married to each other. Was, yeah, they literally. lived together for a while. We <laughs> traveled described, the country. Described every relationship I've ever been in my life. Right. I called the police on him so many times. Oh my god! Um, I nearly <laughs> died in my sleep multiple times. <laughs> but it is to answer what you were saying about like I think that we look when because we didn't. This was something that was playing out in real time. It wasn't something that we were just discussing that had been resolved in the past. So we had to be flexible in that regard. But we were given this great gift of a story to tell that we would use to weave in these other messages of today. And so it was, I think it ended up exactly where all of us wanted it to, but we all knew that like, as it's playing out, we just have to see where it, where it goes. And I think that was the beauty of it. It was extremely challenging because I think that it, it really takes a lot of foresight and experience to be able to juggle all of that. And we were, I don't know, I think maybe in some regards, very lucky. But I think that we had enough people in our lives that were talented and believed in this that helped us. And in I, I, I'm proud of it. Well, you know, Jack said to me at one point when, you know, when we were shooting in um, in Florida, he said, oh, this will take you three years. Yeah. And, you know, I thought he was insane. You know, I was like, no, 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 this will take six weeks you know <laughs> but I mean I didn't know I mean I had no idea and I'm, and I'm really glad that I didn't have any idea uh, because I don't know if I would have attempted it but um, Jack said to me oh sometime later he goes well what do you he goes well you don't know how this is going to turn out and I was like yes I know exactly how it's going to turn out and he was like, no, you can't know how it's going to turn out. You know, like documentaries or you never, you know, I was like, no, I know exactly that there's a story that's, it's an arc 
this story could be turned into, I think, probably, actually, it could be turned into a feature film. Um, and because it's got, it plays that way. Do you know what I mean? Like, the country bumpkin comes and, you know, and this is what happens. And it all lines up. And I knew, well, I, I posted this the other day, and I, and I guess maybe I'm lucky too, where it's, I only, I've only gotten one bad review in this whole thing. And of course, that's the one that you'll, you know, fixate you on. Because we've got, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have like 10,000 good reviews. Mm-hmm. And the one good, I want to actually, I'm going to like track the guy down one time. And you know, <laughs> like David, I will track him down. So yep. it's it, a guy, wrote, what was that? <laughs> what was it? The variety. And he wrote this art, this interview where it's like, you know, I've gotten to the point where I like, I just opened them up. And I just knew they were going to be good. So I just sort of scanned through it. This was so hateful, you know, and it was really directed right at me, you know, and it was everything that I was thought that there was a possibility that somebody could say, you know, that it was a vanity project, that I was a whiny person, that it was horrible and nobody cared about any of this. And I mean, it was just two pages of just nastiness. And I sort of you know, I didn't really, I didn't really get pissed. I just went, you know what? This could have all gone that way. There could have been 10,000 reviews like that. And, uh, and they're not because that's not what it is. And I think, you know, that was the chance that I personally took because I knew there was always a possibility that people were going to say bad things about me. Um, You know, my idea for like, even, you know, like, saying, well, even putting your name on a production, you know, say, oh, yeah, Mark Hopp produced this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a wiser person even wouldn't put their name on it. Because I noticed I've, I've started changing my um, take with certain people where they'll say like, oh, oh, how did Roman and Tyler find you? And it's like, though, I start telling the story because we have the same we all tell the same story. We tell the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you mean you produce this? And all of a sudden, I hear this shift in the, like the lady that reviewed us the other day was very much that. And I had said to her something about, you know, my big fear was a, uh, that it was a vanity project, right? And then right in her write-up, right before my interview, it's like, you know, this is somewhat a vanity project. And I was like, fuck you. You know what I mean? It's like, I had you flat out. And she gives us a really nice review. And I spoke to her very clearly about that was my big fear, but she popped it right in there. And, you know, so I'm getting very leery now. It's been such a wonderful run that I'm actually getting very leery about doing any more press at all. Um, And also not exposing myself any further because honestly, the story that I wanted to tell, they got it out there and they told it and it's there. I, there's no more describing it or explaining it to anybody. You know, people say, what about this? And I just say, you know what? Go to Shutter, go buy it. It's for sale. You know, uh, I'm not going to tell the story anymore. So, uh, so anyway, so I don't know where that came from, but that's what you got. <laughs> and then he drip the, drops the microphone, and that's the end. They say, "Mic drop, I'm done." <laughs> but it is, it is a very, it's a very um, revealing time for us, you know, because we're kind of at the mercy of what, and now everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And now that it's on Shutter, it's times 10 because they've got a wider audience that isn't just fans of ours. 
And even still, everyone's like, oh my God, I had no idea. So I'm, I'm very, very happy. I mean, we made this because we had something important to say, not just because we thought, hey, Elm Street is cool. Like, it's not about that. And people are pleasantly surprised that it isn't. So I'm grateful that we made something that is being understood. But it is still a very vulnerable position to be in. And on top of that, we have all the anxieties of what's happening currently. And it's, it becomes twice as hard, you know. We're all very um, sensitive to the things that are being fought for at the moment. And I think our story kind of goes hand in hand with that to some degree. So I guess it's a great time for that to be happening, for us to be out right now. Um, but it is, yeah, like Mark said, it's like, it's still our lives that people are commenting on. So even though all the mess, all the reviews have been great so far, like I won't, I can't open them, you know, <laughs> I don't read them. I, I, I can't. It's, I did, I did think what I could to the best of my abilities and I am probably my own harshest critic. That's all I need to know. No, the <laughs> best thing of, of people reaching out to us and saying, thank you for mm. Mark telling a story and being strong and being proud in younger generation of filmmakers are coming up to us and saying like, your film inspired us to finish our project. Your candidness made me comfortable to come out to my own family. You have made it okay for me to be the weirdo that I am. And I, I love you for it. So Whatever else anybody says, like all of that is worth it That's to true. inspire the next generation. Yeah. Along those lines, what you just said, uh, early in the documentary, Mark talks about, you know, how it's weird to sign pictures of yourself from 30 years ago. And so when you first go into, go into the conventions, you didn't know how people were going to react to you because you read all these negative comments online about, about Nightmare on Elm Street 2, you know, being the gay horror mm-hmm. and all stuff. So has that feeling changed over time, like uh, signing those same, auto, those same photos? Because now you know that, that your story means so much to people? Yeah, them? well, you know, it's like, it's, it's interesting because, like, when I first went to the conventions, you know, I think Cherry Hill was my first one. And um, um, Days of the Dad had signed me um, uh, to be under their umbrella. And uh, so, you know, they were booking me. And I, at the last minute, I took a, my first convention was in Amsterdam. And I went with um, uh, Alec, Vincent. He and I were the the main attractions there. And it turned out it was a Star Wars convention in Germany, which was, you know, you never lived until you've seen all these guys in uniforms doing all the Star Wars stuff in Germany in a field. And I was like, this is super weird and really strange. And I'm in Amsterdam, so I can get with this. At the beginning, you know, there were the people that really grabbed a hold of me. And, you know, like, well, I'd say Deandra was one of the first, you know, Deandra and I have been friends since the first minute I appeared online. Uh, And I have that whole group of people. Neil's one of those people that have gone through the whole journey with me, you know, so they saw the whole thing happen. Um, And at the beginning, I just couldn't believe people were paying you money. I mean, that just, I just couldn't believe it. And the people would line up and I would have people say negative things to me, Um, you know, or 
they would come and get Kim's autograph and they wouldn't want mine or, and they're very pointed about the fact they did. And I know there's a whole bunch of guys that only get pictures of girls, you know, and if they're topless, it's even better. But, you know, there's that whole pervy thing going on there. But, you know, then I had people like whispering to me, you know, they come up and say like, my favorite was a guy who said, came up and he was like, I'm rainbow. And I was like, what? And he goes, I'm rainbow. And I was like, Oh, okay. You're in the closet. I got it. So, you know, and he was like, I want to buy you a drink. And I was like, okay, maybe not, you know, cause I would go back right to my room uh, after all of this thing. So I didn't mingle with people and I'm just not that type. I mean, I'm an introvert. So I didn't really know what people were saying about me, but what I did is I got on that, that train, you know what I mean? That is, uh, that I started telling the story. And the more I told the story and the more detailed I got about the story, the more popular I became. And, um, you know, the more I lost a lot of bookings from talking the way that I talk. I mean, there are certain conventions that would never book me. And, um, and I knew which ones they were and that was okay. Um, <clears throat> I just had to let that be because I was like, if, if you're going to tell the truth, you're going to tell the truth. And if the price is that you don't get to this city, then you don't get to go. And because you go anyway, uh, I don't want to participate with people who are homophobic or, or racist. I'm just not at all interested. So, but now what's really cool is like, I've made a couple of movies since then, which is nice. And uh, so I have those posters and pictures to sign. And people have pictures of me from now that always surprised that they want me to sign. And uh, now the Scream Queen stuff. And so I have a whole new career. And it's not, my career is not just, you know, 30 years old anymore. It's very current. So now that's kind of cool. And I love selling, like, oh, we have a vinyl, pink vinyl album with a poster. And I love selling that. And I have my own pin collection, uh, pin exploitation. I like beautiful pins and, you know, candles and I've got all kinds of stuff in my bag ready to sell when I go out on the road, if we ever get out of the house again. Yeah. But, um, and so I, so I enjoy that, you know what I mean? And you, you know, honestly, you know, you all know where I live, you know, I live in Mexico and I live fairly rural and I can make a living, you know, that that's the only thing I have to do. Um, and so that's like a huge blessing, you know what I mean? I, I'm very grateful for it. And I looked around and I looked at some of my friends like Camille and, you know, and then said, God bless him, it's just like, you know, I, I realized, you know, horror fans are very, very um, loyal. And I could be doing this for the rest of my life if I wanted to. You know, when I'm 90, I can still be signing pictures of Jesse and dancing in my underwear, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, it's a nice option to have. Mark, yeah. will you be joining OnlyFans to sell that content? <laughs> Stop it. Oh, you know, I, I I'm going to tell you something. I'm getting my I could make right so much money off OnlyFans. If I was willing to like go down that particular road, even just mildly, I could make it. <laughs> you get a lot of traction out, out of that love, right? Oh, I mean, I get so many pictures of beautiful boys I mean, who are like far too young for me, but I mean, like literally like I love, I get mash letters and I love letters and dick pics and just the whole nine yards. And, and they're very upfront about it. You know, it's like, 
they tell me the whole story about why they love me and you know they did when they did what they did <laughs> and um and they're like and they don't care how old i am it doesn't matter to them i mean they're like you're jesse you're it and so if i wanted to do only i'll probably save that i do do private dances in <laughs> hotel rooms the for money. <laughs> yes, you have to bring, bring your black card because it costs a lot. It I, I have lot. some video of me and Mark in a hotel room that I'm yes, not allowed to with share the big anymore. Dick. Yes, yes. Yeah, the big dick. Uh-huh. If you have to yeah. ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> have, you ever seen the, have you ever seen the big dick stuff? Well, I can send to you off air. I can't. I'm not oh, allowed yeah. to share it. <laughs> You know, Rod, big, I've never seen enough. That's for sure. I was going to say, big, Tyler has a, a better comment here. It's a seven foot tall penis mm-hmm. with a guy inside of it. And then, uh, and it's called Hard On With a Shotgun. Is that the movie we yes, made? Yes, yes. Yeah. So we made a little movie called Hard On With a Shotgun. And it's me and him in bed together with the glove, me and the dick. And I signed the dick, he's inside me. And it was like, that was, that was the Days of the Dead, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In Indianapoles. Like but there was a really fun guy party. Guy he became a Christian, and I don't think yeah, he did. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, which, good for him, but yeah, it was, he yes, told me to take down all the pictures of the video. I love Jesus, real. too, but I just thought hard on with the shotgun was great. Yeah, you know, I agree. My Thankfully, it was shooting blanks. Yeah. Well, he wasn't shooting blanks. <laughs> <laughs> By the I way, guess, I, guess I have a, su- a surprise uh, here. Uh, Nate is on the line with us. Also known Yay! as Buddy Wonderland for people have hey, seen guys. The, the documentary. Hi, Nate. How are you? I'm well oh, hurt, you guys. Oh, my God. How are you? It's so good to you see look you. adorable. Ew, I look like a COVID nightmare. No. But, <laughs> we're, but, I'm, but I'm working it. I, I've been saying lately that I look like a frog brother. Um, oh yeah i look like no 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 no. i look like a frog brother fucked kurt russell and it hurt oh well that's my look right now you have a bandana on right yes is that what i see okay it's in shadow yeah you are the frog brother yeah it's cute it's just yeah it's in there thanks so much for having me this is great thanks for doing this This fantastic we haven't seen you since salem right i have not seen you folks since october and neil it's been a very long time yeah it's been um, years since i've seen you it's been years and trista it's nice to meet you i'm nate hi how's it going (laughs) i'm a fan of the film it's a such a fun film it's such a great film do you Um, recognize him from the film well, I I, I was I privy to the information beforehand. Yeah. I don't know if I would have, but um, um, but I love the film, and I quickly wanted to mention I, I I'm an actor in LA, so I I like to think I know a vanity project when I see one, and I, I think this is a very profound important film i would never classify it that way and and most of my friends are in the horror community and they've been very vocal about how it's affected them as well so i just wanted to pass that oh that's awesome it's true thank you yeah yeah of course and uh, Nate, were you, did you know you were going to be in the movie so much? And like, because uh, you're like even on like a lot of the poster art. I didn't. I mean, when we when we originally were were filming at at Seacoast Rep, um, I mean, I, it's one of those things where like I believed in what Tyler and Roman and what Mark were doing, and I just said, do whatever, do whatever you want to do, and I hope for the best that it comes out amazing and fantastic, and. Um, I knew back then that there was something incredibly special about about Mark's story and also the way that Tyler and Roman were telling it. I thought it was like, um, I had faith in them 
from the from the very 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 beginning. Um, but when I got to see it in October and and we had our little cute little reunion, um, our gay union, it was. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we never was, showed you anything. No, you, I never got you to see. Got it. To I see only, it the first uh, trailers, time the theater. The like extended trailers. I got to see it with like a packed theater at the Peabody Essex Museum. Mm-hmm. So like, I already was like shitting myself that the fact that we're like, we're at like, they like that I get to watch at the Peabody Essex Museum. Um, but not, I brought like three friends with me, Tim, who was also part of it with us was with me. And then two of my friends and we all bawled our eyes out <laughs> and everyone around us bawled their eyes out and everyone was screaming and cheering and loving it. But the, I really, really commend, I really commend, uh, both Tyler Roman, you, the way that you've edited this, you've put this together. It's just, it's such an important story and it's such an important part you, of our history. You um, gave us one of the best gifts of all time, which was that live performance, that live chest bursting reenactment. Cool. We didn't know that was coming and you nailed it perfectly yeah. Yeah. and it worked so well. <laughs> we actually know like in the editing process, um, we had put all of the Seacoast rep stuff together and it just, it wasn't really delivering. Yeah. But when we took that chest bursting scene out and put it after kind of Mark's epiphany, it like hit home so profoundly that, you know, the second coming out, mm-hmm. essentially, Absolutely. like I'm not afraid of, of what didn't go right in my life. And now I'm on this new path and it's much more important than than what i thought it could be yeah absolutely yeah well yeah it's very it's it's very very cathartic i mean it's it's almost scary you know um when the the way that played when we were in the theater it was like we had we were having a lot of fun and who could own i mean but no but nate actually gives us the two for me two things that are linchpinned in the um, in the movie that are really super important. And he gives us the turn, you know, for the next act when he says, you know, we well, have to face the monster. And um, I always get and that's chills when I, go, I see that part. And, yeah. <laughs> it worked perfectly. And then I, I always like, and then I go to face the monster. Yeah. And it's right. like, for me, it, it grabs me because it sets me up for like, like, oh my God, it's true. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, you know, I'm going to see the wizard. Oh my God. Absolutely. You know, because like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's serendipity. This whole, I think the whole film was, and not, and to take nothing away from talent, because, you know, serendipity is worth nothing unless you can get it on the screen. But, it, like, really, everybody that sort of came into our world, um, you know, was almost like pre invited in by somebody else. You know, it's just like, it was like all meant to be. I know a lot of people did things in kind for us. And, you know, we're very generous with us. And I think the people on stage for equally, this is my lesson to come and visit us now because he can't stand it. Say hi. (laughs) He can't stand stand, like that. We have three three dogs and this is the little baby. And um, his name is Wesso, which means bone in Spanish because he's skinny. When he showed up, he weighed like, four pounds and hadn't eaten in a long time. So anyway, I love him to death. But anyway, so yeah, so everybody that sort of came into the, uh, was meant to be, they all had something they were bringing, didn't know what it was when they brought it. And then 
you know, when you bake the cake, there it was. Oh my God, that connects to this, and this is connects to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Nate, Nate was one of the dynamic people. I think that we were like a beacon for a lot of people. You, we showed up, and you had stuff ready to go. Yeah. Like you planned this out. Like you, you brought, you contributed a lot to this. Um, and I think that that's kind of what this proved is that there's a lot if you're doing something awesome and you believe in it there'll be other people that just come and join you yep and hey, like Mark hear, saying, that's the from everyone that your dance sequence is their favorite part mm. and oh. it was it was a struggle to like get that to land in the right spot where it felt earned Absolutely. In, in the narrative and when you finally start dancing it's like oh we get to like enjoy ourselves for a little bit and this is this is fun i j- just watched it again like from the comfort of my bed like <laughs> on shutter and i when you open up shutter and like the poster's right there and then you click on it and i'm like i'm like i love shutter i've loved shutter <laughs> yeah, for fuck yeah. and you and i know tyler roman mark you all know this like i have loved shutter for years like the content that they put out is is great. It's fantastic. It's inclusive. It's it's uh, it really does speak to just to every aspect of horror, which I think is really incredible. Um, but to, I've been like a Shutter nerd for a long time. I have so many times like I've been like I watch Shutter more than I watch Netflix, and I've like tried to bring people over to this side. So when you, <laughs> when you folks told me that it was going to Shutter, my reaction I was like, Are you? Fucking kidding me! Like I am, fucking kidding me. Um, but when we put when we put that sequence together, really, like I mean, and Neil, Neil, I have to thank Neil because Neil was I was on this podcast like eight years ago. Yeah, it's been like, a long time. Like yeah, and I met you know you in person because, at the at Let's Be Real. At Let's Be Real, and yeah. it's just because we were doing Let's Be Real, like we would just screen a movie that we loved and brought tried to bring in somebody from that movie and yeah, um, and do it here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I remember being on the the podcast with Neil and just saying like, "All I need, I I just want to get a hold of Mark Patton. Mm-hmm. I just want to get a hold of Mark yeah. Patton." I was like, "It is like a lifelong dream to honor this man's movie, to honor this film, to honor what he's done." And then that just, it just. Yeah, because I'm friends with Mark and helped out, and I'm happy I did because it, it, it turned out great for the documentary. I, it's too bad I wasn't there. I, I wish I could have made it to Let's Be Real. Oh, it was, it was electric. It was a good, it was a great it was crowd. It was a fun crowd and just so appreciative and so like, it's always fun. And it's always fun during those events too when you realize that like, you don't really, you've seen the movie a million times. So you kind of let the audience watch the movie and like the people that have organized it, you know, I think some of my favorite moments was sitting with Mark in the lobby of Seacoast Rep and just <laughs> chitting and chatting and talking while the film was going on and like hearing the screams and being like, okay, we've got 20 more minutes until we have to get back out there. You know what I mean? Kim and I were in, um, we showed, Nightmare on Elm Street at the Prince Charles in uh, cinema in London. And we went to like the London version of P.F. Chang's, a little more fancy. Because we couldn't, couldn't, you know, watch the movie again. But I swear to God, across the street in the block, I heard the bells ringing. And I was like, okay, we got to go. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Then you know. We've got eight minutes. I mean, it's like, it's just so born into your body after a certain amount of time. It's the same way with Scream Queen now. It's like, 
I know what I can take a screen queen and what I can't take. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got the rhythm of the, the piece inside of me now. So yeah. I'll remember it forever. Absolutely. It's a yeah. dance you'll never forget. Exactly. <laughs> uh, our mutual friend, John Dugan from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He wanted me to ask you, have you encountered as much discrimination as a gay man living in Mexico as you have in the United States? Oh, I love John. No, absolutely not. You know, it's so weird. It's like, um, now I've lived most of my life, you know, my adult life now in like, uh, in a ghetto, in a rich ghetto. So um, everybody, Wesso, relax. Um, Oh, and here, look, everybody's coming. (laughs) We've got Mopa, Emily. Hi, Emily. Want to say hi? Say hello. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Yes, she is. Hello. Um, uh, You know, and I lived in this ghetto, rich ghetto, Palm Beach, West Hollywood, New York City. And, you know, that's a trip when you live in that kind of world. Um, because everything is so gay, you know what I mean? It's all, you're in the life. That was it. You know, I mean, that's what it is. And it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now I live basically on a farm in Mexico and people just really don't talk about things like that. I mean, it's just, um, we're accepted part of the community. They, nobody has ever batted a cross eye at us when we live like on a street with a bunch of old ladies and, children and the school's right around the corner and everybody loves our dogs and you know nobody's ever questioning about anything but you know we had a gay pride parade here and my favorite people there were about you know 50 people in it and there were these two indigenous ladies uh, and the indigenous are the people who dress really like indians still i mean they're they're very poor they live up in the mountains they're you know they don't have running water or any of those things i mean it's like real tribal people and they were standing on the side of the road and their transgendered granddaughter came walking down the road, you know, dressed just exactly like them. And, uh, you know, in tribal wear, <laughs> you know, and she was the trans. And so she, they were like, they applauded. They were so excited. And it just seems like everybody has a gay something here. <laughs> and they just, now I know that there are places where the discrimination is really bad and then inside of the family too because families are really closed uh you know if you have a homophobic family they're going to make your life hell um so i don't want to candy coat that but no nothing ever compared to like what i received in the united states and you know a lot of like what's so weird now and it's like i can sort of play with this a little bit i think because i think i have some room the the anger inside of the LGBTQ community right now at each other is so tough, you know, uh, that, you know, that I, I actually shield myself from it a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, I'm about as homo as you can get and, uh, which is, you know, for some people is not homo enough, you know? Um, and I guess maybe I'm just getting older, but I don't, sometimes I don't, I mean, I try to listen, and I try to be patient when people say like really hateful things to me. Uh, like, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know? And, um, you know, and you sort of have to hold your tongue and say, you know what, you, 
you don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's like, so there's that inside of the gay world, which, you know, quite frankly, gets a little tiring. And um, so I deal with that. And, but I am a, you know, I'm very out. And, and what I mean by being out is like, there's a part of, you know, getting really deep here, but there's, there's a part of the gay community that, you know, I just really don't identify with. And it's like, and that's, hey, I mean, I'm not a party boy. And I never like was a club kid or any of those kind of things. Uh, You know, my life was in the theater and I worked in clubs, but I worked was I was paying my rent, you know, so that was my lifestyle and and it's and it doesn't hold a lot of interest for me. I mean, I like a good drag queen like everybody else does in the world, but I'm probably a little more RuPaul than I am, you know, uh, uh, Bunny Wonderland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it means like you know, it's like I'm more like a Las Vegas show drag queen. So, um, but anyway, so Agent yeah, queen. so it's. it's just you know it's a i think it's a journey you know it's all a journey i i you know admire the kids that are coming up and i hope we're helpful to them but you know a lot of that part of my journey is over with you know i mean i i know who i am i'm very accepting of myself i love myself and i'm okay with everything and uh i don't have a lot of battles left to fight so um so that's, that's our problem. That's my problem yeah. now. You know, it's yes. it's my job now to pick up the the position of mm. being a mentor. Mm. Yes. So you did you did what you need to do. Yeah, and I'm happy to do it. You know, like continuously. I mean, it's like I I'd be happy to you know be Billie Jean King or whatever. But uh, you know the it, everything's changed so much. You know, and um, and I see it really like I'm really, you know, Toy, my friend Toy is, you know, we talk a lot because like uh, Black Lives Matter is really super important to her, of course. And uh, and we're, you know, we have each other's back and she's going through, you know, she's going through a lot of stuff right now that I went through before because you know, she's amazed at the amount of people who are silent, you know, uh, that just don't say anything. Like in this moment that's going on, which is so intense right now. And there are friends just kind of like, hmm, you know, they don't even know, you know, and it's, and it's written over her face. Do you know what I mean? Can't get any clearer than that. And, uh, and we talk about that sometimes, how difficult it is, you know, to to be out that out front and to say, you know, this is who I am and I'm an actor and, you know, and, and, and to me, that with from people that you thought might be your allies to be met with real silence, you know, and it's not my issue, you know? Uh, so, so it's really interesting. So it's nice to be up here to her. I mean, it's, it's the same issue, but it's different, but you know, we can, we can get each other's back. And I've learned so much. I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but I have learned so much about myself in the last month. Um, you know, I mean, a lot. The depth is is mind-boggling to me. And I was pretty old before, but you know, there has got to be some serious amends made in the tree, or we're not gonna make it. 
you know, because it's ugly, you know. And I just really honestly never realized how many like died in the wool races there are. And I don't even think they see themselves as that. Yeah. But they are, you know, and it's just, it's wild to watch people, you know, <clears throat> argue over a word, you know, like all those people that have to say all lives matter. I think just go on and on and on about it. Like, are you insane? You know, but anyway, sorry, got on track. But yes, yeah, so I learned a lot that way. And now I'm being entered by somebody else, which is great. And I'm glad that I'm still open to learning. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. How are you doing health wise? Cause I know when I had you on the podcast the last time, uh, um, you were just getting oh, better. Yeah. Well, thanks. I was sick, you know, from being on the road and I had, uh, you know, I'd fallen into kind of a trap of like traveling way too much and really not taking care of myself. And, uh, and I thought I was, uh, you know, I just thought, Oh, I'm really worn down, but I was worn down. And then my, uh, one of the medicines that I was on was failing. So I found myself in the situation where it's like I had, you know, fallen into some really dangerous territory, HIV-wise. Um, you know, I'd fallen below the T-cell count where they get really frightened for you. So I did go on all these medicines, and, you know, I kind of, the doctor put me in bed for two months. And then, you know, this hit, you know what I mean? So I, and now I'm doing great, you know, but I mean, I basically been in bed, for, you know, in my house, in bed for four months. Yeah. So, because I was very susceptible to mm-hmm. this virus very i'm like a billboard for it and i mean i literally we took it very seriously we didn't you know nothing nothing got in the house no nobody comes in our house but hector and i and and that was kind of it and i would walk at nighttime with the dogs when nobody else is around but i haven't been in a store or any of that kind of stuff in, in a long long time and, yeah. and they're very serious about it here so that in my town is very serious so, uh, you know, you can't go anyplace without a mask and all the parks are shut down and the, all this, they're coded. So you can't get close to other people and you walk down on one side of the street on one side and the other sides for the other, you know, it's very serious. So yeah. uh, we have a very smart gut, you know. but I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm just, I'm bored out of my mind. <laughs> and, since, and since it's just me and Hector here, sorry uh-huh. guys. I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. And you guys know how I hate talking. I just, I just mean speaking Spanish. I hear you, girl. Don't worry. I hear you. I hear you. So, you know, I hear just you. like roll up that tape, you know, like you guys go get a cigarette or something. I'll just keep talking. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Time. yeah. yeah. That's why I do it's all these shows thing. all every week now. So there's no one else to talk to. All right. So, so I get it. Yeah. Uh, Tristan, you have a question? I'm sorry uh, to take all the, the time here. Oh, no, not at all. I do have a question. Um, I think this question is, is mostly for Mark as well. Um, so this, the film is very personal. I, I thought it was very brave. I was wondering if you had uh, trepidation, if, it was, if, you ha- if you were nervous to make the film, and then if you felt a closure uh, when the film was completed. Oh, thank you for asking that question. It's, uh, you know, it, it goes in waves sometimes. You know, like, 
a lot of people know the story that like when I went on the conventions, I decided that I was going to, you know, that I was going to do something more than just take people's money for an autograph. So I had gotten used to like exposing myself in this way that I was going to talk about um, being bullied, you know, what happened in that regard and the home. And then finally I was going to reveal after they knew me that I had HIV. So I, and then I was on the cover of the advocate and like CNN with that glove and stuff. And, uh, so, um, so I was kind of used to it. And then I just got to, it was just a way of being, you know what I mean? A way of being in the world where I was just really open up. And then, but then when you like really take that Zoom and it's into people that you don't know at all. Like I, I did a talk show in uh, PBS show in Kansas City. I was home in Kansas City and they played, at the time they were playing, they were playing Spring Queen, they were playing Jimmy Dean and, um, and Nightmare on Elm Street. And so I did a talk show on the PBS and, you know, I went to a farmer's market and somebody offered me uh, some raw milk, you know, because that was the kind of market that it was. And, you know, it's unpasteurized. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. And, and the lady who was selling the milk goes, he can't have that. And he's like, he's immune compromised. You know, <laughs> I like never met this woman in my life. You know, but she had been listening to the PBS show oh, wow. and and she knew that I couldn't have any raw milk or that I couldn't eat any of the dirty vegetables that they'd have to be cooked yet, as nice <laughs> as they were. And uh, she knew everything I couldn't eat. And she explained it to everybody at the entire market, you know, it's like, <laughs> hi, I'm the HIV guy. <laughs> so I don't, you know, don't worry about that now, now so much. The personal things are different. You know what I mean? It's like my underbelly shows. So if you want to get me, it's very easy to get me. Because um, I'm very open about what hurts my feelings. But I will tell you this. People can't gossip about me. And I don't have people running back to me telling me stories about me. Because, you know, I just cut it in the, at the quick. I was like, oh, yeah, the, you know where that came from? I'm the one that told that story. I don't have any secrets in life anymore. And, you know, I have secrets, but not secrets that, you know, it's like I stole a fan from the Five and Dime when I was eight years old and ate a chocolate bar and threw the fan in the trash when I was walking up the hill because my mother wouldn't have known what to do uh -huh. with it. That secret I can share with you. That, I have little secrets like that, you uh -huh. know, kiting things. From now the, the world knows. The, the yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the big things, no. And I don't really care. Like somebody, somebody wrote something nasty on my thing the other day. And it's really rare. I mean, I very rarely get anything nasty on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, I got two, you know, one that was like, you know, attack my looks, you know, that like you old, wrinkled, ugly. And I'm like, oh, you know, I know that person. I can feel it. I mean, I can feel it like. I can see, feel it when I see it. I'm like, this person has got a fake account. It's somebody that I actually know. And I must have fucked their boyfriend in like 1989 or something. <laughs> and so I got the revenge. So I put... I got the N-word lover. I've been getting that lately. And, uh, and I know how to deal with that shit. You know what I mean? So, because I think those people are mentally ill. So... Um, you know, I'd like to say that I just pray for them, but I don't. I just, you know, would shoot them in the head. And so I don't worry about what they think of me at all. So, yeah, no, so I'm at peace with it. I'm cool. And I know, you know, what's really interesting is I know how to disappear. If I want this all to go away, 
I can make it go away in about 15 minutes. We know you know how and to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> we know you know how, know how to disappear. I do know how to disappear. <laughs> and you know what? And like disappearing is, I, I highly recommend it for everybody at some point in your life. Like I remember the day when I like went to Mexico and I literally threw the cell phone in the trash and I didn't have a television and I didn't have a computer and I didn't watch TV. And um, I never felt better in my life. You know, and sometimes when I'm doing this, you know, especially during this quarantine, when I'm like, I'm sort of glued to, you know, I'm the banner carrier for the Black Lives Matter section of Celaya and, um, you know, or what, what I'm doing with Screen Queen and I be in the middle of the night and I'm on this machine and I'm going like, this is not good. You know, it's not good for you. Like go paint a painting, you know, or write a story or, you know, just get off this social media. It's not good for you. So I'm going to try to do that, you know, but like, of course, right now is not that time because we got, we got work to do because we got special we work to do. We're, I think shutters just started showing this in Canada is what I've gotten from the, the site guys. And, you know, we still have a, a whole world to travel. So we got to do a lot more of the things, you know, it's people that were worthy to be shown in Germany and, can I mention a couple of the places? Yeah. There's, huh? there's, we get a lot of people asking us about Australia right. and the UK. And I'd like to take a second and just say that we will be in the Australian territory launching at the end of August or September. Um, okay. So, what? I said, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Australia is coming. We've already finished that deal. It's they've got, I don't know if, where, if it's going to be DVD. It's going to be, you know, they will do what they want to do, with it. but it's coming okay. to Australia then. And then we're talking with the UK. Uh, but you know, we get on social media every day. When's it going to be here? When's mm. it going to be there? But every, all businesses shut down. So these deals are taking longer, but we do have someone working on it. So oh, we get asked yeah. that all the time. The Yucks love us. <laughs> the UK people, they love us because we're cousins. And the Australians <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyone so, yeah, from so. Germany, put the pressure on your town. Right. That's, that's where we need to go next. We actually have a lot, uh, several people in Germany who listen to the show every week. So, Well, oh, good. they know what to do. Yeah. I have a, a bit of public demand goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the Elm Street is very popular in, in all over the world. I mean, it's like, I'm interested in seeing how far ultimately in the end we reach. Because, you know, I get things from, I just got something from Russian Comic Con. And, um, you know, and like I'm talking to these people in Russia now. And oh my God, like, uh, they hope, need this movie so bad. I was going to say they need it like not, you would not. No, you know, they showed, they showed this movie in the Ukraine. Scream Queen was shown in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And uh, where they could have literally been, yeah, I don't know how they got it, but they, they did show it. Um, and they could have gone to prison for showing it. I met the people actually that ran the film festival in, I think I was in Montreal. Um, but yeah, Russia wants us to come, but like they said, they, Russia wants me to come to Russia but not with screen. It's a trap. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't. Oh, no, they Comic-Con. Comic-Con wants me to come. Comic-Con. Russian Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, Comic-Con. Um, but everybody's like, you could never go with screen. 
right, you know, right, but I'm, right. I'm not going anyway. So I went to St. Petersburg once for work and uh-huh. I remember it being really odd that I'm like, Oh, I don't see any gay people or at least any out gay people. And then I would meet people and they would have this look in their eye. Like you're from America. Tell me how I like essentially yeah. trying to like help me because I, I'm not allowed to be myself here and I don't know what to do. And they want you to like calm them down and say that it's, it's um, possible. And I think what you have been saying for a lot of small town gays is relevant to here as well. It's like sometimes all your problems in life are due to your geography. And if you're in a town that is not appreciative of your gifts and your beauty and your wisdom and your strength, sometimes you have to do what you got to do and get the fuck out and go to places where you'll be celebrated and appreciated. Yeah, I find that's, I think that's true. And that, but imagine being someplace, and this has like been playing with me for a while, of where you can't leave, you know what I mean? Like in Russia, you can't just leave. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't even just go to Moscow, you know? Uh, you, it's more, I think, more controlled than any of us have any idea. I was going to say something which I think is really interesting. And the thing, it, go, it goes back to the, the, the question that John asked, John Dugan asked about Mexico. You know, I wish everybody could come down here and it's like, and not be in Mexico City. Like Mexico City is cool. Mexico City is fabulous. But if any of you have a movie, Jose, it's from Guatemala. You should watch it. It's really great. It's like when the thing about where I live in Mexico is there's a lot of gay people, but they don't pack up. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't move into, into the ghetto. Like the delivery boy might be gay and the cab friend, the truck driver and the man who picks up the garbage and the one that works at the store and the auto place. And they're all functioning in this world. They're integrated already into the world. And I don't know if that's good, or bad, but one of the things that had been interesting to me was to find gay people. You know, when I first came here, I'd look, and I'd see somebody and like, oh, he's a construction worker, not a construction worker, but a delivery boy or whatever. And I'd be like, oh my God, he's gay. I can't believe it. And then when I spoke to them, I said, hello. They were like, of course, of course I am, you know. Uh, it's just interesting not to have everything, the big on it for you, you know. It's like, hi, this is gay, you know? No, it's like, it's a different vibe. And I wish everybody could get into it because I think it's what the world would be like sort of if we didn't need to, you know, pack up. Lead to the cities, yeah. Yeah, just like be a country gay, you know? Right? Yeah. Like, would our small towns be thriving now if the talent and the resources were allowed to stay there? And prosper oh yeah i think that i think you know it's like if my life were different i was in love with this boy named mike and when i was growing up and if you know if everything was of equal measure i would have married mike ever left i would have lived next door to my dad you know and then house husband or whatever i mean that was my dream i mean that's all i really wanted was just to marry him and that was it. And if I think if I would have that opportunity, the girls have decided they're really corny. I have one dog to eat. So, um, guys, stop it. 
<laughs> but did, didn't you guys didn't you guys notice while we were on the road this last year going to all these towns that there was we'd fall into these downtown areas and be like oh my god it's surprisingly full of gay people or cool shops or just it seemed like it's out there or it's starting to develop i noticed that in places i didn't expect you know much um, more visible much more visible uh, I Alabama. think because a lot, a lot of people can, you know, the cities have their own problems. There's people being able to afford to live here, and so I think it's uh, a lot of community has moved back out. Like, and I grew up at a time where there was no decision. You, you either go to the city or you stay in the closet. Period. Right. And that was it. Um, and I was always a little resentful of that having to having to go down that road. Like, I should want to, not have to. Um, and so it just made me really happy to see that there'd be like people that could live outside of New York City and have a wonderful life and be themselves. Right. So. It's amazing. And they and they are not as skinny. <laughs> not as skinny? <laughs> no, I'm not serious. <laughs> no, I, I don't think there is like, I don't, and I'm not like, no, I, I don't think there is conscious of like, perfection as we oh, get trapped in. right no i mean because let yeah I, people who are not gay i don't know if you know this but uh you know it's tough to be a gay boy in the in your prime in places like new york and london and paris and your gays are very judgmental you know uh, and they like if you don't have all the equipment you can just you know kiss goodbye so, so that's a tough, it's a tough environment to, to be in also. It's not, uh, you know, I love the community and I love that aspect of the community of where it's very inclusive and loving. And then there's a part of it that's just terribly, terribly toxic. To, mm -hmm. you know, just like I mean, I know, I know it's been, it's been that way always, but I know in the 90s, how you look was a big deal because everyone was hiding the visible effects of HIV. So right. I, the gym body was now the new thing and everyone was super pumped and you tan and you bleach and everything just so that you look like a Calvin Klein model all to hide the effects of the facial wasting and the thing that's starting to happen. And that caused this new level of um, like, I don't want to be associated with you because you might out me. Now it's like, I don't want to associate with you because I don't want you to out me for having been HIV positive. There's a whole other layer of, trauma now that we're dealing with and and beauty has always been a really toxic thing that we deal with unfortunately and well yeah i think it's and, a, it's a currency you know mm. that'll be screaming queen too well yeah, yeah we the beauty, the beauty there were so many different roads we had to omit out but yeah it it'll be the sequel do you know well you know but the thing is it's like when you say that the, the makeup and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? To like, when I see guys who are like, are, have, I can tell that they use steroids mm. or any of that stuff. They look ill to me. Mm. I mean, I look at them and I go like, oh my God, he's got AIDS. That's what I see. So, and that's just because, like, that's what I'm indoctrinated into. Yeah. That I can read between the signals. To me, a natural boy like I was, you know, 
at the time and like through the 80s without a gym body and all that kind of stuff. I think those are the most beautiful ones now. I'm just like, oh my God, you look natural. You look like a human being. <laughs> you know, it's God, God bless you. You know, you like, you're not perfect. I love you. And uh, that, I, that perfection trap is, uh, you know, for gay guys, is like you're a Karen, basically. Sort of, <laughs> you know, with your lattes I'm a and your. Miranda, thank you very much. <laughs> you're a Miranda. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, I am. I am a Charlotte. Um, a Charlotte on the streets, and a, a, a Karen. And a, no, and a Karen in the Samantha. Samantha. Thank no. you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Mark, okay. Was, so Neil, who are you? Are you, are you Samantha? Or are you uh, Carrie? Or Charlotte? I don't, I don't know. Or I think you're Carrie. I'm more of a Carrie Bradshaw. I'm more of a Carrie. I guess. Yeah. I hate all those girls. I hate years ago people people were trying to get me to dress as divine for a while, but it was when I was a lot heavier. Yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Skinny outfit. I don't know if you can see that. What is that? Working. Oh no, it's like Glenn to divine. That's so good. That's so good. Is that a pin? Is, or it's is a little it postcard. A postcard. I got that from that. Texas when we were there for Fantastic Fest. Oh, at the Rock Store? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that store. <laughs> I got a Billy Idol t-shirt. I love it. Oh, the, the memories of the road. I do hope so we get to go like out that. again. That was right. yeah. great. We want to come to your town. We want to bring the film to your town. <laughs> we want to hear you scream out loud. That's the right. part I miss most. I we used to intro all of our shows with making people stand up and scream mm-hmm. for Mark Patton. And it was so cathartic and let everyone kind of laugh and giggle before the movie started. And then they started crying and then I'm like, Oh, it's a full spectrum of emotion. And I'm very proud of it. Well, we have, not, we I have was, two that are going to come up as soon as, uh, is we get the all clear and is, uh, the, uh, magic theater in Chicago is going to do us. Uh, Scream Queen and um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Will you be really doing fun. a disappearing we, act we, at the Magic Theater? We played a very small film festival in Chicago. So we didn't get the full effect of like uh, a 900-seat theater, which the Magic Theater is. That's going to be really fun. And then the State Theater in Texas yeah. has asked. Um, so, Everything's and good that's a, pretty, that's a pretty fabulous um, <laughs> uh, theater, you know. It's where Oswald held up, hit out or whatever. You know, it's on the grassy knoll. Yeah. So you got all that Kennedy stuff going on. Oh. But it's a beautiful theater. And they're very filmed. <laughs> got dark real fast. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've been there and it's really weird because oh. they have an X right out in the middle of the road where he shot. And like people go yeah. and take their picture with like the X where Kennedy was shot. And I think that's a very bizarre uh, selfie to get. If you go out there as divine. Plus, they run out into the road. They run out into the road. Oh, they yeah. have people. I will, I will do that. Maps. I'll, I'll bend down the for maps this. Yeah. And they're walking. Yeah. I and loved, they're walking. I loved you know? walking the, um, uh, the, uh, the, Salem, the Salem Witch Trial Museum yeah. with you in Salem. That's like yeah. one of those things that like most people you're like, oh God. Like Salem is such a such a tourist town, but yeah, like Salem's really weird because half of it is very Salem's touristy so and really lame. And then you, well, it's kind of fun, but then there's like the actual old. Oh, school it's stuff. so fun! Yeah, it's so so fun. And then like, when oh, I'd actually, like to go back when nobody's there. 
Oh, I, I, know. I it's, prefer it's, it's it. I, in October, it's, I think, is actually the worst play, time to go because it's, it's so crowded. Time and, to go. Yeah, and people you don't really want to be around. The yeah. best, worst time to go. Right. Though, it's good to like, do it one I time, still had I think, class. but, but after that, you don't to need to. You have to get that experience. Roman and I got like, matching tattoos there. Oh, really? That's right. Yes, they did. A black male tattoo. I walked in and was like, this is where it needs to happen. This place is phenomenal who did your tattoo they were twins so brian matthew and that's they did all my my black oh, really? too really matthew did. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. i walked in and was like this is it it has to surprisingly, happen surprisingly they're like old family friends that those two brothers well good i'm going back to weird super fucking weird <laughs> um i got invited old family friends it's like when Fangoria is who's doing a documentary about gay horror now? I forgot. Oh, we sat Shutter. down for it. Shutter. Yeah, I think Shutter, Shutter is. after the Shutter. Uh, okay. Noir one. Yeah. Yeah, I got invited to go to Seattle for that. Remember, yeah. I'm supposed uh, to go to Seattle for the premiere of that. Right. Like, Everything's on hold now. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That. I, oh, that's good. I didn't. Yeah, that's Shutter. Hey, hi, Shutter. Hey. We got family. Shutter yeah. friends. Yeah. Like We're gonna Nate, take I'm over Shutter. Shutter as well. Yeah. By the way, uh, Roman, when you were mentioning just a little while ago, you said um, there were a lot of roads you wanted to go down, but you just can't because you're making, you know, it can't be like six hours long. But uh, going in, I know you had an idea for the for how the documentary be, would be presented, but did you know that you would have so much stuff about, obviously you have to have some things about the 80s because that's when the movie came out. So, but did you know you'd have so much like social and political um you know, like commentary of of the eighties of, of that time period uh, when you're making the documentary. Well, I knew that that was my. That's what I brought to this. Is what I wanted to say was speaking to thing the pe- things that I thought people were overlooking right now. Mm-hmm. Mark brought in the historical aspect of that, but there was a lot of current thing, a lot of current discussions. Like one thing, and I, I won't get too into it, but. One topic that I really wanted to run with more was the fear of femininity and how that is actually the root of homophobia. But that's a whole other, that could be a movie in itself. So we had to just kind of chop that out. But we have, you know, I'd really love to make that into a little featurette. So if people buy our damn DVD, then then we'll be able to put out a Blu-ray and I can add all that stuff, you know. But Tyler and I had to, Constantly shave out important yeah. things. What do they say? Kill your babies. Kill your babies. Don't be afraid to do it. I think Put that's a Stephen, Stephen King quote. But yeah, it's. Uh, did I know that? W- I didn't know what all that we w- were going to get, but I had a sense of what was necessary. Um, you just have to kind of go. Mark's story was the foundation, mm-hmm. and you just have to roll with it and pull in. All that's all as it comes, uh, but you know I this, don't think the, it would be a, as impactful Mark's story if you don't have some of the background of the climate you know of that time. Well, what makes it relevant today? Mm-hmm. That's <clears throat> that's really where this. I knew it had to go there because that's why we were telling the story. Right. Yeah, that is the story. Yeah, I think there are like, a lot of a lot of folks that are not familiar with our own queer history mm-hmm. or it's just kind of glossed over. Um, we're in a diff- we're living in a different time. We have medications, we have this, we have that, but that was not something that uh, there are, th- there's a bedrock that we have sort of been able to 
uh, stand on. And those people, uh, I know a lot of people in my generation just don't really know that. You know what I mean? It's, it's Instagram, this it's, it's all social media. It's a lot of, um, how, how old are I'm, I'm, I'm 33, but I have the fucking mind of a 78 year old woman. So I had an experience the other day with, uh, this guy and, um, he was going on about how the looting in the black Knights matter and the rioting. And he was going on about like, well, my people didn't do that. Like we, we, we did these marches and they, um, you know, the gay men's chorus sang and I was, and I, and I popped into his conversation. I was like, what are you talking about? No. And he goes, well, no, that's the way it was for us. And I, and I was like, dude, he's like about 40. I said, do you know anything about your history? No. Like how, and he was like talking to these young kids who were very angry and they wanted to go out and protest in the street. And he was like, no, you don't go protest in the street. Like you do it this way. And this is how you'll get what we got. And I was like, you're out of your mind. If you want to be a mentor, at least know your own history. And I started flooding things with like people jumping on top of cars and, you know, the, the gay revolution in Los Angeles and San Francisco was violent. Honey. Absolutely. It was not, Absolutely. It was not, it was, there was nothing pretty about it. We were throwing dead bodies on, on the real ones on the, capital steps we would not we would not have half the rights or any of the rights that we have if it weren't for a pissed off black trans woman throwing a fucking beer bottle at a cop well that's true but also a lot of gay guys too do you know what i mean absolutely absolutely it's not not all progressive i though you didn't see anything until you saw a button-down white boy who had been raised to be really good you know because a lot of us were raised to be really good i had a friend dalton he was the nicest boy in the world, you know what I mean? Like blue button-down shirts. And I saw the picture of my me, him in my mind, running full tilt into the freeway on oncoming traffic in Los Angeles. No shirt, screaming at the top of his lungs, looking at cars that were coming towards him. And the fears of his anger stopped them, you know what I mean? And that went on in Los Angeles for nine days, and nobody put it in the newspaper. You know, they just wouldn't put it in the mirror that we shut down Los Angeles for nine days over AB 101. And that's why I got mad at this guy. He's like, you know, know your history because you're, you're shaming these poor kids who are in rage. And rage has to go someplace, you know. It most certainly does. It has to. It most certainly but we, we did have, a, we did have a, a break. You know, there was a generation that was lost, which left my generation without mentorship. Absolutely. And that that's why we're trying to catch up now because I'm 43 now. So I remember growing up as a kid and having to figure everything out on my own. And it took a long time, especially when I lived on my own at 18 in San Francisco. And it, I felt like I was in a community, but I felt like I was alone in it, you know? And that's where I think this gap in, I happen to always be somebody that would seek out movies about what happened and but it's still not the same as getting firsthand account from somebody so as as things as the years went by i started to realize like i'm very happy for what's happening but i'm also really scared at how casually the younger people are taking some things mm-hmm. and that's where that's that was what was burning in me when i reached out to mark 
when I found out uh, the story he was trying to tell. And I was like, this, I want to be a part of that. Um, and I had some opinions on everything that, I don't know, maybe they were feelings that, uh, that, were, that were brewing and I wasn't really quite able to articulate them. So I think as a group, all of us, I was able to learn a lot as well from Tyler and from Mark. So I, well, yeah, Tyler I and Roman, we're each different generations, really. I mean, there's 30s, 40s, and 50s, which turned to 60 for me. But, uh, you know, we were each coming at this from a different, a totally different place, really. And uh, it was interesting to watch, you know, Tyler grow up. And, you know, it was interesting to watch Roman like kind of mellow a little bit actually yeah (laughs) um, which is you know which is like that's hard to say but it's like it is true you know what i mean it's like yeah i remember he said something one time to me and it was just like well you know your entire generation is mentally ill you know basically is what he said i came out of your generation (laughs) yeah you're all you're all basically crazy well okay i was in my 20s when we started this project (laughs) right so, I had to learn yes, a lot. But, I had to catch up. But you know what? It's like I like I had to, you know, I sat with that for a long time, you know, and it's like, what, you know, I mean, I people say things to me and I, I pull them apart for years and years and years. And, um, and it's true. You know, he, he was right, you know, that my generation of gay men were, most of them were suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, I hope we, I used I really, the word traumatized. But. No, you used mentally ill, actually. Okay. We were on our way to, yeah, but you hadn't eaten. We were going to go to. Um, oh, all right. You're going to have a vegan burrito at, you know, someplace. You're not yourself and, when you're hungry. Have a Snickers. Yeah, you never say when you're hungry. And he was like, no, it wasn't said in a delicious way or anything, but it was just very straightforward. It's like, your generation is this. And it's like, and you know, and it's true. My generation is by and large that. Because and we saw it when we went out on the road, you know, like just men who would like come in and watch this movie and they, they had just been traumatized mm. and they looked at them and they were my age, you know what I mean? And they were traumatized. They were like still living in it, you know, because there was no catharsis for them. Mm. You know, we saw, I, there were a couple in Pittsburgh. I mean, our Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah, I remember. It stood out for me, the back row of the movie theater. And they were like, preach, preach, you know, when I was talking. And, you know, the same thing happened in San Francisco when we were at the, which I know was really profound for Tyler, you know, was the the Castro Theater was on fire, you know, with people who had lived this and, you know, had not the catharsis that they needed to have. So that was such a great theater. Mm-hmm. I forgot how big that theater was and we walked in and there's a thousand people oh. in these seats and I was like okay I just forgot everything I needed to say oh. but that was um, that was amazing mm. I love that no, is there well, any- the only thing that I wish we I wish we could have gotten that we never got because you weren't there at the time I, there are some things I wish we could pull in um, that are impossible to pull in because they're just memories. But when Peaches Christ did a Midnight Mass of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I wish we could have filmed that. I wish there was film of it because it was tr- pretty fast. I tried to find video of that, but it was it didn't exist. Yeah, I just that, like it was that just a happened. That happened like right right before everyone had like a camera phone, right? Like that was exactly. a few years prior. 
So it was Frameline. Yeah. It was actually the the night that we played in uh, at the Castro was I am Biden was playing. So uh, the night before I was at Frameline, it was the headliner at Frameline. So they did us at nighttime and then they get a little like thrown to sit in because you know, I am divine is sold out. And so I got to go in there and sit and all the people were like, had a, uh, a hangover from the night before. So it was really cool. It was so much fun, but their, their show was fabulous too. So is there a, a, a night, a plan to do another one or like uh, work together on something? Another one. Wait, another sorry, stream, another an, another documentary about Mark or with Mark or, or, or any other project. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. More Mark to explore. It's going to be like the Seven Up series. We'll come back to the well every decade and just see if he's still screaming. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like Patricia Arquette, and I'll get win an Academy Award for playing myself over the course of a life. Right. Ooh, for, yeah. like, God, <laughs> can you be in the second season of the Act? Oh, I wish I could. So I really good. wish I could. I think right now, Ty- so Tyler and I, Tyler and I have like, look, this story is not something that you can just force into any other documentary. You know, this was a perfect storm, really. So, I no, we're not, we're not like launching another <sighs> documentary just to do so. I love them, uh, right. but we have other things that are brewing. Right yeah, that's. Documentaries are really difficult. I mean, I would like to see these guys go ahead and do a feature film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, can you tell us? What's, yeah. Are you working together or are you working separately? Yeah, there's some things on? that are being developed. That's what. That's the good thing about quarantine, you know? Right. Okay. People have okay. plenty of time to brainstorm. <laughs> Too much time. Develop. Yeah. Too much time. Yeah. Let's just say that the cauldron is smoldering right okay. now. There's a lot okay. of irons in there. But, but a lot of a lot of irons in the cauldron. To be, <laughs> to be to be forward though, I think now is the time where nobody knows what's going to happen, so you just have right. to be ready. Absolutely. You know? We're still trying to get Scream Queen into all the other territories we mentioned, mm-hmm. and we're waiting for people to open up. You know, we had yeah. we were in talks with Germany and somebody over there their health declined and so that stopped you know it's it's a real problem that's going on and it affects everything so you know it's it's hard to say what's going to happen we're just using our time wisely yeah Yeah, well we probably have another good six months of touring to do with after this thing is done and you want to do that because that's you know it's a part of the reward there's money there in doing that and, you know, and there's contacts to be made for, uh, for other things. You know, Robert England said to me, like, do every, you know, and to, and his, his advice to Roman and Tyler, too, is do every festival that is you, no matter how tired you are, no matter how small it is. Because when you're just at your most exhausted and in the smallest town, that's when somebody will turn around and offer you a movie. And that <clears throat> will be the movie that you were supposed to do. So and it, take advantage of it. That's how show business works. So, so we'll, we'll continue to work. You yeah. also have the advantage of having two celebrations a year based on your career. You have Gay Pride Month with Scream Queen. You have October for Nightmare 2. The celebrations could continue twice a year, every year, until you don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, that's it. I'm lucky. It's I like have a question. Western hit. 
Mark, what's like, going on with, with One Dead Dog? Oh, One Dead Dog is getting ready to be released right now. That's a movie that I made in Portland. Uh, uh, and I loved it. I had done a couple of little, like, sort of wayside things because I wanted to see what I looked like on film. And I didn't really know if I wanted to be an actor any longer. Um, then I did One Dead Dog um, uh, Roland. And um, it was shot in Portland. I play a grown-up. And, um, you know, and I had never really played grown up before. I'd never played in a, a real adult. And, um, you know, with no, and I had somehow gotten it in my mind that the only fun to be had was, you know, to be the young lead. And like, if you weren't the young lead, then it wasn't worth doing. I mean, that's something that was in career in the past, too. I mean, I feel like that was who the movie star was. And if you're not the movie star, then it's not worth doing. Um, so when I did this movie, I really enjoyed it. It's about, they love it when I say it. I should really be a pitch man for them. But uh, it's about codependency. It's like I have these two nephews who are serial killers. And, you know, I'm their codependent uncle. So I clean up their messes. Like, what? But there's some surprises <laughs> along the way. Yeah. It's old Nate and I. Had yeah. to teach them. Oh, I want to <laughs> yeah, see this. And it, uh, it was, it's really nice. It's beautifully shot. He's a really wonderful film director. And we shot it in Portland at like the high end of Portland. So I have a house where Uncle, that's my name, Uncle Ted, you know, has like a, a 10,000 square foot masterpiece of a home. And I play the grand piano and like my beautiful clothing and stuff. So oh really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I'm totally sold. One dead dog. 110% sold. There's a trailer out. I loved it. Um, you sh- I don't know. We- we'll share it. Please. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah I, I, I want to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued for sure, for sure. That sounds You know, what? I made a movie, like I made a movie with some people that Felissa was in. And, um, and the, way they, they, the way they sort of pitched it to me was when they did it, it was like um, um, they didn't really pitch it correctly. But the pitch that they gave me was like something that stuck in my mind that I really wanted to do. And it's like, uh, I want to do like a horror Mean Girls, you know, and um, it's like me, the Mean Girls of horror. And I would, I would love to do something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like real death and destruction. <laughs> um, no, with, uh, so I mean, serious. I have to ask. Serious screen please. Would you play... A cool mom or a regular mom? <laughs> oh, I would be like, uh, no, I would have to be like the teacher who dresses them down, like in Love, Simon, like the, the African-American principal, you know, who t- tells everybody off in the middle. That would be my part. But no, I like, I would put Felissa in it for sure as a mom. And then, um, but I would like, I could see those mean girls being really horrifying as, you know, I, there's a lot of different ways you could go with it. But I just love that. The Mean Girls of Horror. I think that's a great 30-second pitch right there. I'd want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I who think else, all of us want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Who, else, who else besides Felissa would be... I, mm. I actually... Funny thing. Felissa's... One of her, one of her handlers is one of my VHS uh, dealers. I just found out recently, which is... One of your what? Pookie crazy. <laughs> Do you know... Um, uh, do you know one of Felissa's like people that she has? Yeah, a, yeah um, uh, uh, James. He and I just is his met. last name Blockbuster. No, 
Stop. I hate you. <laughs> I'll, I'll show myself out. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a bad joke. That way. Open the gate. <laughs> no. No. They I'm just mailed me this shirt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> no, one of James, no, um, one, one of Felicity's friends, James, is, I just found out is like, is one of my like, I collect VHS and he's like, a big VHS. Oh, he's one of my. He's <laughs> one of my dealers. He's one of my, my one of my VHS dealers. Um, but, but who else? Who else? So there's Felissa, yourself. Oh, you could... but those would be the mothers. I mean, I. It's like if I was doing a Mean Girls before, they'd all be brand new girls. I would like. You have to oh, have you want new head. people? You want new people? Oh my god. Oh yeah, only like in horror, it has to be the new kids on the block. Right. You know. You know, they're like you fill it in with the Lynchays and the Felissas and the Mees and the you know. Camille Keaton or uh, Linnea or whoever it is. I was hoping you people say Linnea. I was Amanda hoping you'd say Linnea. Amanda Westwood. I would definitely fan <laughs> And I would put you know, practically anything. Oh. I love Amanda. You know, I think she'd be great. Um, I would. I also had an idea about doing a, a nursing home filled with uh, horror stars. <laughs> and then, Ooh, uh, I love this. And I, then, I used uh, to work at a nursing home. People, so, and yeah. people start. And people start dying. <laughs> You know, but I would do it like uh, what I wanted to do was kind of like uh, waiting for Guffman or <laughs> Best in Show, and it was I would have everybody play themselves. You uh-huh. know, and I, I thought of it when Sid was alive. Of course, Sid would be there in his makeup, and you know, then there'd be Linnea, and she would be like dancing on the table of the old folks' home with no panties on. <laughs> you know, we all be just playing ourselves in senility, uh-huh. and then then people would start dying. You know, so like one of the one of the serial killers really was a serial killer. I thought it really fun, but then have them improv the whole thing. Everybody knows their their own stick so well that nobody can write it better than they can do it. You know, just play yourself. So I put it up. You're with giving like away golden ideas. Here. Yeah, I like. I know. I think, Isn't that a good uh, idea, though? I know yeah. some I people. A, I, Let's go I find the money. Really Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right, I, that would be a thing you could shoot in a cup. It'd all be in the editing. You could shoot that in a I'm short amount of ready. time. Bring it. And you know, those people are all hams, so they'd all do mm-hmm. it. I mean, can you imagine anybody turning you down? Like, I think Felissa should be the head of the nursing home because she's a little young. Like, she's Nurse Diesel, you know, or Nurse Rat, would be Felissa. And then just get them all. They'll get all the coops in there, get all the weirdos. It'd be a blast. Oh, yeah. I am I, for this idea, Mark. I like it. You know, I also spent some okay, time well, so in the home when I was in rehab, it's, which wasn't the best. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And we'll make sure no one steals it. Okay, I'm copyrighted now. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nate, by the way, uh, are, you, are you guys still, well, you guys can't do it right now, but what are you doing currently? What am I doing currently? Yeah. Nothing. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, so I unfortunately, because of COVID, I lost mm-hmm. my my beautiful, glorious um, arts programming job for 3S Art Space, which we were really I'm hoping to have um, Scream Queen come. We were all talking about having Scream Queen come to New Hampshire and have the New Hampshire premiere be at 3S, but unfortunately, um, I'm I'm not doing that now. I, I guess I can say this now. Um, I've lived here in Portsmouth for 12 years. Um, I'm actually moving, I'm moving back to Portland, Maine um, at the end of the summer to teach preschool again. Oh, okay. wow. Cool. Teach those Bunny children. Is, Bunny is, to be very, Tyler, 110%. Mm-hmm. Like when I stopped, like during COVID, during 
all of this sort of political upheaval and this like this stuff I've really started to think and like, how can I be the most helpful, if you will. And my bunny shows right now, those are completely on hold. Producing events was what is my bread and butter is completely on hold. So where can I be best used and my skill, uh, what most people don't know is my background and my like actual degree is in early childhood education. So that's amazing. I just signed my deal today to go back to Portland, Maine to teach in my old classroom and I'll be living literally two. I'm hopping in the fucking DeLorean and going (laughs) back because I'm living. I'm not kidding you two blocks from where I moved when I moved here 12 years ago, teaching in my same classroom in the same preschool. Congratulations. It's, thank you. Thank hopefully you. Some of the children, thank you, Roman. Hopefully some of the children have matriculated by then. Say that again? Nothing. <laughs> Sorry. What did you it's, like, it's not the same students. <laughs> no, it's not the <laughs> No. I hope not. Burn. All my old like all my students that I had would never re- like that's that's part of the joy of being a, a right. preschool teacher is that your kids never remember you. I mean they, they if do you remember. You stay there you. long enough, their children will They're, be your students again yeah you'll get you'll get some of the parents of the the children that you took care of and listen to this my first day teaching preschool my first first day the baddest bitch in my high school dropped her kid off at (laughs) into my into my classroom and was I, she like the baddest locked? bitch as if like, oh. you loved her or the oh, baddest like, bitch because she was rude to you? Baddest bitch as in like the girl that got in the most fucking trouble in high school. The Kim first... Kelly? Yes. <laughs> um, let's, oh, I'm trying to think of, I'm, I just tried to like, I just like, like went through like Degrassi in my head, but I couldn't figure out somebody that would be that same level. But like the worst the, the, your your girl like your high school's baddest bitch, Regina George. Thank you, no, Regina George. Just, yeah, but re- he's talking about somebody that's just like a teacher's nightmare. Teacher, right? Like, yeah. I mean, nightmare. Regina George, like victim, choker, victimized everyone. Like so. choker. No, no, not mean. Just oh, like okay. the baddest bitch of yeah. that high school. So, so mean, smoke bad. like ripping butts, got in trouble for drugs, was drinking in the parking lot. Like like that like she dropped her kid off like my first day. I lock eyes to this like this I girl I haven't seen in five, six years, and I was like, Holy shit, she's dropping her kid off. Uh, I know who this is and it, it, I and it was fine and it was great. And that kid was fantastic. Everything was good. Everything came everything was fine. But I feel like I'm going back in, I feel like I'm going back in time career-wise. And that, and also my, my parents are getting older. I'm ready to kind of, I have the time now. So everything's kind of aligned for me to just kind of go back. So I'm going to go back. And I've been not being able to perform. Um, my biggest thing is, is to write. And so I've been writing my like little short stories about stuff. And that's hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. Beautiful. Hopefully that turns into something someday. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 all. Or maybe it maybe it never turns into anything, and that's fine because my writing is just for me. I feel like Bunny is for so many people, and it's also for me as well too. But I feel like there's one thing in your life you have to have no judgment over that you create. You know what I mean? Everyone has to have that one thing. We're all creative people. You have to have that one thing that you're allowed to do that. A, maybe nobody will ever see, and then B, just what 
makes you happy. And so writing has been my big thing. So that's what I've been writing during COVID. I have a beautiful outside garden. I don't know if you can see there. Wow. My rooftop garden. I call it high garden. Um, yeah, I'm big into plants. So <laughs> that's my three months in a nutshell and my future, my next three months in a nutshell. So we'll see what happens. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Good. Very good. Very good. So one dog, uh, one dead dog we're looking forward to. And of course you can go to Shudder and watch Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, there's also DVD, a physical copy, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So you can, you know, you can there is. It. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon, I think. And then we have some copies floating around also if you want to have them autographed or whatever. So just contact one of us and we'll do something for you. Have you looked into having it being transferred to VHS? Because there are some people out there that will do that. I would love and, to do that. And they we will do it. Actually, I should, it really fits that. in with, you know, with the time. Honestly, Roman, Tyler, I will, we should, I'll email I you. I can't handle talk. anything else, but Tyler <laughs> can do it. I will it. support this <laughs> special orders only they take care of it for you but i've got some really fun friends that do some incredible shit that's well then let's talk that's awesome i'm all about you deal with it that's my that's my <laughs> new favorite about, way to do it i'm all about <laughs> if i can do that for this project here's the thing if you build it, it. we'll that's come <laughs> if you yes, build it if, you, if i build, you build it, build it they will do if it. you build it, I can sell it. Yeah, I can sell it. <laughs> right. Slap between, that signature on it. I'll, between I can the sell two of us, we're getting we're we'll, getting we'll stuff ready for June because you know it, it a prize. Is June. Though, it is June. Right, right. and that's why we're busy. <laughs> we have to hurry up. Right. I'm like it's June eleventeenth. Where it, are you? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. So I'm in September of last year. <laughs> Same. Yeah. No, we took a break in November, and I don't think I ever turned the clock back on. Well, so. Tyler and I are also finishing a film right now, a drag queen slasher film called Death Drop Gorgeous. Oh, really? I don't know if you know about that uh, one. Uh, um, oh, friends of ours made this, and we are helping to polish it up and put it into the world. Clashing it's girls. supposed to go out by September, so they got into some festivals that they're slowly coming back out again. Um, and this movie is pretty amazing. <laughs> it's disgusting. I try not to say anything. There's lots of things I want to say about it, but you know, it's disgusting. In, no, it's fabulous. <laughs> it, it's the it's a beautiful homage to like old school drag and new. It's wonderful, uh, but it's a lot of work when you're trying to you know tidy up Scream Queen tasks and do movies. So, but we're we're on the tail end of that. There, I, I have to call them this evening, but it's almost there. So. If Tyler says it's disgusting, I want to see it. Uh, yeah. Truth be told, I am a wimp in, in terms of gore these days. Uh, my pendulum really? has swung so far back to reset myself. Everything shocks me. Everything disgusts me. But I love it. I love that feeling. And I love being scared and allowing myself to be scared. I asked this question last time I was on your show, Neil. What was the last movie that scared you? Can everyone answer that question really quickly? You had to think of it. What was the last movie that scared you or made you feel like, Neil, you answered first. Uh, I'm going to think while someone else answers, to be honest, because hereditary. Hereditary? Very good. And we just did a show about it last night, but but it is actually, 
uh, yeah, that's that's it. Okay. For me, it was the the second sin of the queen because I just didn't think it was as good as the first season. <laughs> the what is? What it? about season three? I'm waiting for that. I'm hoping they need to move on to an, another queen. I don't really like the middle. Queen. So that's it. That's wait. That's, I didn't, that's like, that, I didn't that, hear that, yours. I didn't hear Mark. What was it? Season of the Queen. <laughs> oh, the Queen. You know, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's a The last thing that most just disgusted you. Just uh, like no. My my recent discovery. I finally saw Mandy. Oh, oh yeah. And oh. I have. I had so much tension in my chest and my back because I didn't know where this movie was yeah, going. Yeah, you don't know. It was gorgeous the sound was mm-hmm. fantastic and the i'm music. just like i don't feel safe mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. i feel like this director is going to throw something at me that i'm not mm-hmm. ready for yeah and i appreciated that feeling that's awesome trista yeah. uh, i just rewatched cape fears which one scorsese's remake nice. of it nice. and um and you know, Juliette Lewis and De Niro are both so amazing, and I'm huge fans of both of them. But just like the way he's being uh, preying on her, I think like mm. really effectively creeps mm. me out. That right. was really intense. I forgot how brutal that, that movie was too. I, I actually turned it off recently because I was like, I am not in the mood for this right now. Yeah. Like I actually recently turned it off because I was like, I can't, I can't do this right now. Oh, the neck. Yeah. Was yeah. it the neck or the cheek? I can't remember. It's one of those. I think it's the neck. Doesn't he, but she he puts his, his thumb, he puts his thumb in her mouth, I think. Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. this yeah. conversation is too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> The last thing that really freaked me out, or not freaked me out, but like affected me horror movie wise, was the movie The Loved Ones by Sean. Oh, Lennon. that's yeah, that's I have yeah, Australian. a friend of mine sent that to me for uh, Christmas last year. Tyler and Roman, Mark, Trista, you will. It's it's about I've, a I've seen it. You've seen it. What did you I've think? Did you it. like? No, I loved that fucking movie. I loved that movie. It did. It, it's disgusting. It's no, you didn't love it. It's okay if you didn't love it. <laughs> it's not that I didn't love it. It's like there are types of horror movies that I like. And that is the only sort of like... I, I, like, I don't like it when people are tied down and tortured and that's where neither, the, the majority of the horror comes from. Yeah. I'm like I want someone who can fight back and like give me a good final girl chase sequence Absolutely. and like Absolutely. turn the power structure. I, I, don't, not, I don't like when people are subjected to horrible things and can't fight back. I, I am it. not one of those people that can sit and normally watch something like that. But there was something about that movie that just like, like chicken bone in my brain. Like, like I was like, I, it, I loved that and creep, creep. Mark, I haven't seen that yet. Mark, Mark, Mark Duplass, creep. Those were the two that like really, over the past couple of years, I've always gone back to and been like, holy shit, these are fucking great. These are super good. And Hereditary, of course. Hereditary's good. But my, my favorite movie ones. right now is Come to Daddy. Did anybody oh, see Oh, yeah. That? I just saw no, that a couple nights ago. It's great. Yeah, it's on, it was, uh, it's on it, Hulu. I mean, I, on Amazon Prime, I think. 
Yeah, I, I love I love Elijah Wood. Yeah, I do too. I and he always takes, uh, takes on interesting roles, or even just movies as like producer or something. I just was really happy because I'm like, yeah, you know, right now I'm not really with everything going on. I don't know if like, intense horror is really helping me. Yeah, no, so I was really happy either. that I was able to laugh throughout that movie, mm. and and that it was actually a lot. That of was fun another movie I didn't know where it was going because one of the yeah. I don't give it away, but you know it's a big flip flip right uh, pretty early in the movie that I didn't see coming. I Plus, really his character was great. The haircut and the fashion oh, yeah. outfit. And the, he was like New York City in that beautiful house over the water. Elijah know. Wood also produced. Mandy as well. Oh, did he? He was one of the producers on Mandy. He's pretty wonderful. The Grease Strangler, which I'm a big fan of. You're a bullshit artist. I know about the Greasy Strangler. I have not not subjected myself to Greasy Strangler. That's another one one of those ones you have to be a fucking mood for. You have to be. It's one or two reactions. It's either they agree with me that's amazing, or they're just like, why did you tell me to watch that? No one's ever just like, right. all right. But, yeah. That's kind of how I feel about, about loved ones, is people are like, why did, you, why did you say that? Why did you recommend that? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I loved it. There was something about it that I loved it. There was something about it. The, o- the only movie my mom ever watched that, that I liked, and then she went and watched it and was like, what is wrong with you? Was was a Serbian film, which I wouldn't have recommended oh, her to go no. watch. But she, she watched it because I said I liked it. And she's like, what is wrong with you? My boyfriend still gets <laughs> Netflix mailed to him. And he's like, oh, I just got this thing. We should watch it together. And it was Solo. I'm like, oh, you were watching oh, that I, I'm a fan of Solo as well. So, yeah. He's oh. like, oh, you've seen it? I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. And I'll never fucking watch it again. <laughs> no, you don't uh-huh. need to don't need to it's like irreversible you only have Ooh, to watch one one time one you only have you know, to watch never again I, uh, I saw Salo when it came out shut the fuck and, up no no and i saw it in the at the plaza theater in new york city and we were in the middle of the theater and it was packed it was completely sold out and we couldn't get out <laughs> and it was just like i mean it was like <laughs> my friend tanya and me and somebody else and we were like those people going this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, I love an audience who revolts against the movie. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I then there it. were like people from the spike there just like loving it. And just like, it was Leather Daddies. And, and that was like, what, 1979 or something yeah. like that. The last two times that happened to me was, was seeing Mother. There's oh. that scene where everyone in the audience of the theater just like turns on the film like, fuck this. And they're so angry. And oh. I loved it. The other time I went to the New York uh, Film Festival, they were showing Stranger by the Lake, which is a French gay horror film with like real sex in it, like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lots of sexy sex. And it's mostly like upper crust, white, straight audience. And like one by one, as the (laughs) the hardcore sex is happening, they're getting up and leaving. And all the gays in the audience are sitting on their hands being like, ah. To go to the bathroom. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. When I was at Boston Underground Film Festival a few a couple of years ago, and uh, it was uh, one of the movies they showed, I think it was Saturday Night at Midnight or something, and it had hardcore sex in it. And it, uh, I didn't expect it. It was it's this weird horror movie about this nymph, and she just starts having sex with a guy. And I thought it was great, but er- there was a big portion of the audience that just got up and laughed. They were just like, like verbally, like, what is this? Because it, you know, it wasn't exactly what you expected at, at a film festival. Which I actually added to the experience bus. to me. I kind of like that everyone was uh, shocked by it. 
Yeah, I mean, I got well, to see I got to see Short that. Bus in the movie theater. Yeah, and that was like, yeah, no, people are very, very strange about sex when they see well, it. Well, no, they, you know, like when John made Short Bus, he was very upfront about what he was doing. So all of those people, you know, they came into the project knowing what they were going to do. Uh, but it, there was some really good talent in his movie, but it it stopped all of their careers because they are all like Broadway people now. But mm-hmm. it's just like nobody wanted to have anything to do with it and it's like so weird you know because everybody likes sex but and you know of course porn's like a 20 trillion dollar business but when you try to clean it up and put it in a film festival nobody wants to see it no it's weird i got to see short bus in the movie theater and nobody laughed during that because you knew what you were getting like you kind of you kind of knew what you were getting into i mean like you've done your research yeah and short bus is sweet And they're all short buses. Short buses. It's a little present. It's a little package. I didn't feel bad sitting next to the. It's what made me want to come to New York. Are you serious? That movie was pretty, and they're all pretty too. All the actors are pretty. Don't you think? Short bus. I do love that. There, you know, you know, there's a lot. But what's the one that Sevigny was in that's so famous? I can't. Brown Bunny. Brown Bunny. That's right. The blowjob. The blowjob yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a great. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much for having us. It was always oh, great to have chat. everyone here. I really enjoyed well, it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah this thanks, was Trista, wonderful. Thanks for doing this with us. And- yeah, thank you. I. I uh, I found this conversation to be very insightful and honest, just like your film. So I'm very oh, wow. Grateful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. Of you. Yeah. Old there's, friends. Yeah, all old friends talking. It was really good to We're see. We're trying to stay to positive, so you know, keep it, keep it that, keep it clean. There was a couple years I saw Mark every couple months, so then it's been years since I saw him. So it's it's been good. I've talked to him, but it's good. Yeah, to I see. stopped doing. Yeah, I don't do the same uh, convention. I don't anymore, either. So I don't either. So, yeah. yeah. So I became a little more freelancing. So I'm like on the edges uh, of that. Uh, so I miss that though. I have really good times with Days of the Dead and all that kind of stuff. So I liked some of those people. It was very nice. But uh, going to other, other venues now, you know, so that's how it goes. Life moves on. Right. Yeah. I won't, I won't name any of the conventions, but uh, I, years ago you predicted how some of those would go where they kind of – they kind of uh, sabotage themselves and turn on each other. And uh, you told me that would, that yeah. would happen. And it, it happened pretty much exactly as you predicted. Well, you know, it's funny with those conventions. It's like, I always want to give like a, a course and like the old man's course, but when the convention becomes about the promoter, uh-huh. it's over. When, you know, all of a sudden they all go through that where they think they're the star. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like uh, somebody I was dealing with one time and they had started out as a fan uh, not mine, but like they're longtime fans of like people like Linnea and those kind of people. I mean, they just, you know, they were worshipful. And then all of a sudden it became after a certain is like those actors were lucky to get into the convention. You know, it's like, oh, you're just lucky I let you come. Yeah. Because then they know them as people and they know that that's a job. There, you know what I mean? And it's a power. Thing. And once that starts happening, it's all over it. It's done. But then the next wave is drag queens and horror. I'm telling you. It's like, that's the next connection. <laughs> need someone here very happy. You need, Boulay Brothers, you need the Boulay Brothers with horror stars and a 
red carpet right down the middle so everybody can sashay and do and like the straight ladies love drag love it love it love it you can make a fortune you know and you know drag queens are creative so it wouldn't be just like sitting at a desk you know signing autographs and every like you get a show every gay person's a witch now so it's fine yeah like what peach did at the uh at fantastic that's what the convention be now you know a meter and you know you get to get dressed up and drag and have fun and get drunk and dance everybody it's the future i think i don't know maybe we'll never get to touch each other again though, well, so. maybe, i know <laughs> that would be it. awful too we'll make it happen we'll, we'll make it work yeah well, i'm doing a convention in in england here in a couple of weeks just like this well, yeah, they have it all set up yeah yeah, it's going to be kind of weird. I won't, say, says it. I, I won't say who, but as soon as this started, I pitched that idea to a, to a promoter that I know. I was like, this is, this is I think you should do a virtual uh, you know, uh, convention. And he's like, oh, that would never work. And then like, t- like two or three months later, they started to pop up. And I was like, you should have did it when, when I suggested it. Oh, the people are lined up. I mean, it's, it's really, a lot of them are like, and they pre-order their pictures. You know, and then they get, they get to meet with you for a minute or a minute, seconds or whatever. And then they, and then they upsell in. I started doing things now with, uh, if I sell anything to anybody, like I Skype with them and, and sign it in person so that they'll, I can say, how do you want it personalized? Um, You know, we can chat for a few minutes and if we like get along, we can chat for a little longer or. I do those cameos. Everybody's doing cameos now, you know, and it's like, uh, it's, you know, especially for people like in Lithuania and places like that are never going to ever get to see you. It's really good. Well, that's I mean, what that's- I'm going to, I'm doing, uh, um, comic, uh, what I forget what it is in a wizard world in England. Yeah. So that's the next thing I'm doing. Well, I think that's a big part of the convention. wasn't just getting the physical autograph, but it was you know meeting meeting the people you saw in the movie and having that personal interaction. So if you can't actually be there with them, that's you know the closest thing. Oh yeah, I think having a video with somebody is great. Yeah. Plus, you have that to keep too. The video with them, which you might not if you just met them. No, I think you should do. I think you should be able to keep all the film that you're in myself. So, I mean, you get pictures and all that kind of stuff. The currency in conventions anymore is not the, the autograph. It's the, it's the selfie. I mean, people, you know, used to give the selfies away for free, but the selfie's the most valuable. It's mm-hmm. not the picture. That's, it's what you can put on yeah, your screensaver. It's like, yeah. hi, it's me and Felissa, and she's my best friend, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Which she's really good at that. She should be the queen of all conventions, Felissa Rose. <laughs> She is the nicest, most genuine. I've never seen her tweet poorly, and everybody loves her. So I'm nominating her as for the queen. All right. Well, very good. Not well, you're always else. one of the nicest people to me at the conventions, and from understand, you put a good word in for me and got me into the Days of the Dead when they started. So uh, and that's what started me in the conventions, and I always appreciate well, that. Well, I, I love you. Well, thank you. I love you, you as give well. what you get, honey. Oh, very good. Yes. I yes, love so everybody It all here, comes so. around. <laughs> <laughs> are we wrapping up now yeah so it's good to this was a great and uh we'll do it again sometime and everyone should check out scream queen my nightmare on elm street exclusively right now in shutter 
Uh, I like Nate, love Shutter, and uh, not just because Scream Queen is there. So there's a lot of cool stuff there, but especially right now because Scream Queen is on Shutter. Go and watch it. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Thank everyone. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Thank you. Great to much. talk to everybody. Good to see you. Bye, Thanks. everybody. Love you. Good night. Good night, Tyler. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage.